0: Hello, my name is Matt Deemer, former congressional candidate for Ohio's 7th District. And this is Cuyahoga Today, brought to you by the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, where we bring you Democratic Party updates, political and informational conversations, everything that is happening in Cuyahoga today. Also, if you could, do us a favor. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please click the five-star rating and leave us a nice comment. It helps people find this show and give them confidence when they click on it. If you're on any other app, like Spotify, there are also places where you can leave five-star ratings as well. If you have any questions or comments for me or the guests, you can reach out to m-d-i-e-m-e-r at kydem.com. That's mdemer at c-u-y-d-e-m dot And here are this week's news updates. This is your executive vice chair, Juanita Brent. We have an important election coming up on August 8th. In this election, we encourage you to vote no, and I mean it, you gotta vote no, to ensure that we protect our democracy. See you at the polls August 8th. One person, one vote. Remember, early voting started today, July 11th, so make sure you head down to the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections and vote no on issue one. Here are your upcoming Democratic Club meetings for Tuesday, July 11th at 6 p.m. Cleveland Ward 5 is meeting. Also at 6 p.m., Parma Parma Heights Democratic Club is having a postcard party to try to get out the word to vote no on Issue 1. At 7 p.m., the Tri-City Democratic Club is meeting as well. Tomorrow, Wednesday, July 12th. At 6.30 p.m., Cleveland Ward 4 Democratic Club is meeting. 7 p.m., the Cuyahoga County Young Democrats are meeting. And the Lindhurst Democratic Club is meeting as well at 7 p.m. Thursday, July 13th. At 7 p.m., we have three meetings. Cleveland Heights Democrats are meeting. The Solon Democratic Club is meeting. And the Cuyahoga Democratic Women's Caucus is meeting as well. And at 7.15, the North Olmstead Democratic Club. Jumping down to Sunday, July 16th at 4 p.m., Strongsville Democratic Club is having their picnic. Feel free to join. Bring aside some chairs and some food. And on Monday, July 17th, Cleveland Wards 3 and 15 are having a postcard writing party to get out the word to vote no. Remember... Early voting has started today and it's going all the way into Election Day, August 8th. Remember to make plans, to turn in your ballots, to go down and vote, and remember to vote no on issue one. Now, for our conversation today, we're talking with the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party's Director of Racial Equity, Will Tarter. Enjoy. Will, how are you doing? All right,
1: doing well. Thanks so much for Ex- having me on. Excellent.
0: Will Will Tarter, he's the director of racial equity here for the CCDP, and um, we are going to be talking about racial equity today. There is a lot of topics to go through where I honestly, I wanted to find what racial equity is, what's the difference, difference between equity and equality. We had a racial equity survey conducted by you and the CCDP. So we have a lot to talk about, so the findings, some things that's happening in the county.
1: But really quick. Can you please just introduce yourself to everybody who's watching? Oh, sure. Uh, Well, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, I'm originally from Cuyahoga County and um, went through public schools growing up, went to Ohio University for undergraduate and grad school, Um, worked for the Secretary of State's uh, office for two and a half years here in Cleveland, also was a fellow with the Legislative Service Commission down at the Ohio House of Representatives and at the time it was under the leadership of then Minority Leader Joyce Beatty and uh, so it was a really great opportunity to learn from her and um, at at the time, Mike Foley was in leadership there, Fred Strayhorn, uh, so learned learned a lot from a lot of great people there. Uh, worked in uh, nonprofit um, for the past few years, and um, I have a master's in public administration, so I'm, I'm very passionate about public policy, uh, but I also feel, uh, It's important to be involved in civic engagement as well so outside of work involved in a lot of other civic activities and uh, very passionate about the intersection of public policy and its impact on people and trying to close that gap how's it how is it working for the congresswoman well um she was in leadership at the time um and I was in the communications office so uh, i reported to the director of communications but really helping with like newsletters press releases Um, it was a really great opportunity to um, listen to a lot of the conversations and how the public policy uh, process works Uh, it was a great like hands-on opportunity to to listen and learn and watch and observe and uh, it was a fantastic experience and something that Um, I think has carried with me, even after my LSC uh, fellowship experience, is um, understanding the impact that public policy has on people's lives Mm -hmm. and making sure that people are aware of what's going on in the public policy process. Um, That's why I felt so passionate about the newsletters and uh, getting the word out, Um, but also making sure that people got involved in uh, the public policy process and making sure that people felt as if their voices were heard and making sure that that got back uh, to the eyes, ears of the uh, policymakers as well. Well, let talking about uh, public pos- policy and your passion.
0: Yeah, Lots of Ps there. Let's talk <laughs> about uh, racial equity. What is racial equity and what is the difference between equity and
1: equality? Okay, so in the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party bylaws, it's Article 3, Section 7, uh, specifically talks about various vice chairs in the party. And at the very end of that section, it specifically mentions diversity, equity, and inclusion. In fact, it's one of the only topics that's specifically called out um, in the vice chair section of the bylaws. And uh, Why, Why is it in the vice chair section of the bylaws? Uh, Great question. I'm not 100% sure why that is uh, specifically in there or how it got to be in there uh, of the history. But one of the things that the chairman, um, Chairman Brock, when he was first uh, elected, he said, Um, this was one of the things that he really wanted to get addressed and so um, he has a number of of issues and i'm sure you're probably connected with a lot of the other directors environmental justice and and uh, other really important uh, topics Um, but diversity equity inclusion is such a broad topic Uh, and so he asked if i could uh, take a look at that and kind of think through what are some of the topics and issues um, that could fall into into that category Mm -hmm. and when you think about diversity equity inclusion I said it's it's a very wide um uh in broad term and uh so i thought well equity is a important component of diversity equity inclusion and in particular a lot of the racial disparities that we see in the county could be a place of intersection uh, for the party to uh, really help to play a role in helping to inform and helping to uh, to reduce and so that was one of the things that for me was like okay if we can look at racial equity this would be a really great opportunity to do that um, now, to your point earlier, there's a lot of questions about like what exactly is equity? What does it look like mm-hmm. uh, in both definition and in practice? Um, and how is it different from equality? And this is. Um, indicative of a larger uh, question that's taking place not just here in the county but also nationally Mm -hmm. about uh, what is equity what is equality how does it play out in our various systems of government Um, in this particular case we'll look at at the county uh, and we'll probably talk about specifics a little bit later but equality in its broad uh, term is uh, treating things equally and trying to have like equal outcomes if you will Uh, and uh equity is uh, there are issues that might be specific to certain individuals that might inhibit a person being able to achieve uh, results so how can you make sure that uh, those uh, obstacles are taken into consideration and uh, thinking about that and including that is you um, enable people to get to uh, equality Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. you mentioned that equity throughout the country might have regional um, meanings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by that? And I know we're going to be focused on Cuyahoga County, but what could you see or what could you either assume about um, different regions around the country? Do uh, you think there's a common thread of equity and regional differences? And if so, could you just like kind of just touch on those to make us maybe understand equity a little bit more based off
1: region? Um, so there's there's various uh, differences um, in, in, in multiple levels of government so in the county there's uh, there might be different approaches to um, say where a person lives and um, differences in terms of like life expectancies and outcomes which can vary you know only a few miles apart and um, mm-hmm. so what are some of the issues around social determinants of health that um, are informing how those outcomes, uh, what they look like at the local level. Oh, so
0: it's just just really, just to mm-hmm. kind of dig on that a little bit, mm-hmm. let's just talk about maybe lead.
1: Mm, that's one, yeah. Right, sure. so sure. lead
0: in Cleveland opposed to lead in Topeka could be different because of the industry
1: in, uh, in Cleveland and... But the issue of lead could be something that is unique to well, it's not unique to the Midwest, but it's something that you see in maybe a lot of, of older cities, perhaps mm-hmm. uh, who might have an older housing stock. So you might have lessons that are learned in one city that um, could you could see in other cities. And so cities equity as well.
0: would uh, would apply differently to those two different cities because of and so housing and lead and environmental equity to different neighborhoods would apply to say Cuyahoga County in Cleveland, but not might might not apply to again like a newer neighborhood Naperville. Uh, Chicago, right. <laughs> it, might, it might be different, in right? Naberville, Illinois, yeah. Right, it
1: might be it might be different, like from city to city, but there might be some commonalities in terms of uh, what lessons have been learned, what approaches have been taken in one city that could be applied to others. So you can see different experiences across the state of Ohio in different regions of the state. We uh, have different approaches across the country, you know, whether it's different states, uh, and then here locally again, um, in in the county, there's differences. Um, so you're looking at both differences and experiences because you have ages of places and, and how decisions are made, but there also might be similarities and mm-hmm. different things of how uh, things have worked or haven't worked as the case might be in some places that might be different here. So for example, transportation is one of the things I'm extremely passionate about, and that is a great um, opportunity. I call it a great equalizer uh, in terms of economic access and mobility, um, but also a social connection with other individuals, uh, access to education. Uh, ensuring uh, that people get to their medical appointments Um, and so what uh, differences might there be in Cleveland and say uh, our transportation that may not be present in other cities so there's differences right off the bat but at the same time how public transportation is approached as a whole across the state um, might be very different than how it's funded in say another state like Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. so Those are some of the differences where you may see differences between states. There might be differences between regions. And even in Cuyahoga County, there's differences in different parts of the the county and how you're able to get to Uh, job centers like Solon, right? So how can a person get to a job in Solon is going to be very different than in uh, other parts of the county that uh, might be right on a public transit line. Now, the good news is that there are efforts being made to make that connection easier and and make sure that people, you know, can get to the places they need to get. So there already is an equity conversation taking place in in that area here.
0: Let's move to the racial equity survey. Mm -hmm. Let's just bring it real local, what did this survey tell you? For, well, first actually it was back up. Mm-hmm. What is the survey and how did it come about and how what did you do?
1: Well, one of the very first things that I wanted to understand is um, what people think when they think of diversity, equity, inclusion. And I wanted to understand what goes through people's minds when they hear that term, um, what issues uh, come to mind, what are some of the problems that they see when they hear uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and trying to uh, use that in policy solutions, what are some of the things that people wanna see you know, happen to try and um, you know, rectify some of the issues and problems that people are facing. Mm-hmm. So I really kinda wanna take a temperature of kinda where things are now. Uh, and also, a few years from now, hopefully, be able to do a follow-up survey Understood. and see uh, where things have gone. And how many people
0: took this survey?
1: Um, Well, we don't know the exact number yet. Uh, We're still calculating that because some people took it um, online, and some people took it uh, in a paper form. So we're in the midst of synergizing the surveys right now. Okay, Is there any uh, data that you got from the survey so far? Um, well, the first thing that, um, going back to the first part of our conversation was about like diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and mm-hmm. again, it's a very broad uh, topic, and so one of the things that we wanted to make sure we understood was how do people uh, feel about concentrating on racial equity, and people have heard about racial disparities over the past uh, a few years especially, and so it seems that people are, um, are okay with examining some of the racial disparities and kind of understanding what ideas can be generated in terms of how to reduce those disparities.
0: So you you mean that the survey is showing you that people are open to the idea of
1: looking at this That's exactly right. Okay. So that's exactly right. So again, one of the things that I want to do on a high level is kind of understand diversity, equity, and inclusion, kind of what people think of that. The second was to kind of understand what people think of the focus on racial equity um, as a component of DEI, and then um, take a temperature of where they feel things stand on that issue and then use that as a barometer to then make measurements of progress over time. So why did you do it that way? Is it because you didn't –
0: were you – were you scared that there was going to be a pushback within the party of looking at this? or
1: Not necessarily, because I think one of the things that um, people are looking for, especially in the realm of public policy, is data mm-hmm. and the importance of being able to show um, in increases or improvements over time. And we mentioned things like the racial disparities about... Um, infant and maternal health and racial disparities. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw the impact of the pandemic. Uh, There was a disproportionate impact in terms of the number of people who got sick, the people who passed away. Um, And so those are some of the things that people look at in terms of data and measurement that they wanna say, okay, where are things now? And what can we do to help reduce those disparities over time? And so the survey really provided a, a great opportunity to take a snapshot of where things are now and then use that as a guidepost on where to go in the next few years
0: are you working at all with um say metro health or any other you know uh, health pro- health service providers that are also looking in, into this or is this like a party um focus focused I guess. yeah oh, yeah, there you go. yeah
1: thank yes. you yeah no problem yeah
0: not only did you dress better than me you're speaking no you're speaking no no better than me too. <laughs>
1: No, it is. It is In this particular case, it's more internal because we wanted to kind of just take an understanding um, of what the body thinks and then um, use that as a set of barometer in terms of where things go. Now, at some point, that could include external partners in Mm -hmm. terms of saying, hey, there are some things that are here that we would like to better understand. Is there research or data out there that we can use to help uh, inform you know some of these things that we would like to address as a party.
0: Let's look at some of these things that you'd like to address as a party and as a county and things that we need to address as a party, a county, and uh, governance. Um, you mentioned maternal mortality rates, infant mortality rates. Can you just go into some of these stats that you uh, sent to me?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, has been a high policy priority for both the city and the county is the issue of infant and maternal health, um, and then specifically the increased rates of mortality among Infant black infants and black mothers, Mm -hmm. and um, there is just it's devastating the impact of this issue in terms of uh, of black mothers, especially how uh, they are uh, experiencing this and um, you know more likely to pass away. Um, And uh, just again, it's just a really, really devastating issue.
0: So, for so, just to put some numbers on it, you said Mm -hmm. here that 14.6 Per 1,000 black infants, compared to two or uh, 3.2 per 1,000 white infants, die
1: in the county. Well, that, right. That, so that was um, that was according to the Ohio Equity Institute. Now the numbers have come down uh, since then, but that's one of the things that when we look at the um, again the present rate of where things are and then where things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are organizations that um, have some more updated data and I need to <laughs> update my own. Well, but I mean,
0: the, it, it, it updates or not updates. I mean, if, if it was like this and it's, it's coming down, it's still... An big.
1: unacceptably high number. That's and that's the point. <laughs> another thing you
0: have here is uh, black babies account for 37% of births, but make up 73% of infant
1: deaths. Yes, that was a, um, uh, taken from a Cleveland State University uh, report. Again, the disproportionate nature of um, this health issue. And so there are a lot of things that go into... Um, what accounts for that and uh, several there are a lot of great organizations that are out in the community that are making this a priority but one of the things we wanted to uh, to look at is that hey this is an issue in the community and so raising awareness about the issue of organizations and people that are out in the community who are doing this work uh, to help uh, close that is going to be essential to helping to make sure that progress is made Mm -hmm. what other health uh, disparities have you seen well you know one of the things that um you saw over the past few years especially was the pandemic and um the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on uh, black individuals Um, higher instances uh, disproportionately higher instances of cases disproportionately higher instances of deaths and um and so from a policy response standpoint it's like making sure that the resources are made available uh, we're also uh, ensuring that communities and people who suffered disproportionately made sure that they had uh, access to resources that could help them um, you know, recover. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that um, you especially saw the past few years. Um, there are other issues out there um, in terms of, of racial disparities. I know that uh, Secretary Fudge has been um, on the leading uh, front of um, discrimination in housing and uh, specifically housing appraisals mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, going back to the earlier part of our conversation we we're talking about this national issue that uh, how does that you know play out that there may be you know things that people are experiencing that the government can play a role in helping to address uh, and so that's something that you know for me those are those are disproportionate. Uh, impacts of, of things and access, because uh, that has so many um, implications in terms of equity and wealth creation, mm-hmm. and that's something that um, you know is is really important. I appreciate the secretary being on the on the front of that, and how can um, we as a party help raise awareness about those disparities and public policy efforts to try and combat that.
0: There is, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, piggyback a little bit off what you said. There's been uh, YouTubers and um, even real estate agents have tried this experiment of Putting um, black family pictures within a house and getting an appraisal, switching the pictures in the house to a white family, same house, same furniture, same layout, same neighborhood, same cars in the drive, and getting
1: two vastly different appraisals for the same property. Housing and Urban Development um, did an, an analysis about this, and I would encourage people to read the report about where can uh, they about find the findings. report um, on the um, page. I'll, I'll find the link and I'll make sure that I uh, get that to you. But okay. um, one of the things that um, there are media reports in other parts of the state as well that um, were instances of that happening. I remember a Cincinnati Inquirer article, I believe it was, um, that specifically uh, highlighted. Uh, anecdotal instances of of this happening. And then there's, you know, data and research has been conducted on this issue. And uh, again, I'll happy to to send that research on to you. Um, But that's an instances where, you know, people may think like that from a equality standpoint, it's like, okay, well, aren't all things the same? But when we look at the outcomes, the experiences might be different. Hmm. So what are some of the things that um, could be changed that could help uh, reduce those disparities? Let's go through a couple of other things that you have on your list uh, because
0: these are all about equity and you have um, a couple of topics that I really want to touch on. Um, criminal justice disparities. What are the bullet points you have under there and, and how does that um, create, create inequities?
1: Well, the criminal justice system... I mean, we know. just had somebody from the criminal justice system here a little bit ago. I <laughs> you could have a, a long, a much longer dialogue. Maybe, maybe, we, should and, uh, is, maybe we should get you two, and
0: I'm not going to say who it is, but we maybe should get you two having a
1: conversation together. Well, like I said there's there's a lot. You could probably do like an hours long podcast on the criminal justice system. Um, I mean, but one of the things that I was uh, talking about is is the disparities that exist, right? And um, and going back, there there are issues related to the social determinants of health in terms of how um, that can impact uh, you know access and. Um, then there's all sorts of uh, conversations about uh, about sentencing and and uh and charging with this all the, also conversations about representation in the legal profession right and how to increase representation uh in attorneys and uh, and encouraging people to uh, you know run for office and and so these are some of the things that um it does it when we say criminal justice system it's a wide you know range of of topics gotcha. um and, and approaches and i don't think that Uh, you know, you're going to tackle everything at once. I want to be very clear about that. This is a volunteer position, but there's a lot of issues, you know, in terms of racial disparities. And and one of the things that um, could be really interesting is what does that look like in terms of raising awareness, education, uh, and raising awareness about policies that uh, are addressing uh, or need to be changed to address that issue. Um, I remember the the county... um, issued racism as a public health crisis uh, under then Councilman Chantal Brown now Councilman Congresswoman uh, Chantal Brown and she was really one of the leading uh, advocates for um, you know declaring racism as a public health crisis Mm -hmm. and it's like what are the impacts that uh, from a public health standpoint and social determinants of health standpoint um, that can be changed and can be addressed and so that's um, again that's just one example where disparities uh, exist that it's like, what role can we play in helping to raise awareness and policy changes that can happen to change it?
0: Just to go back to talk about housing discrimination a little bit more, you have here that white applicants are 2.1 times more likely than black applicants to have a home improvement loan uh, in Cuyahoga County.
1: Uh, I'm, yeah, in Cuyahoga County. I have a source for that, so I'll make sure I uh, <laughs> forward that link to you as well. So people who want to look at, at that data point um, can see that as well.
0: You just said that um, Congresswoman Brown wants to declare racism as a p- public health crisis. If it is declared as a public health crisis, what does that mean, and how does it change anything?
1: Oh, uh, it was Councilwoman Chantel Brown at the time. Who, okay, uh, she was one of the leading advocates in writing the legislation that Cuyahoga County passed declaring racism a okay, okay. public health crisis. Okay, okay, I apologize. That's okay. So back to my question, what is the, what, what does that mean? What oh, is, yeah. What, what's, what's the, what's <laughs> what were change? some of the outcomes? Yeah, Sure. Um, well, a couple what, of things. What,
0: what, my, my specific question is, what does public health crisis mean in a declaration, and how does that change anything?
1: Well, some of the disparities that um, I mentioned earlier are actually in the text legislation. Um, and so there were several um, outcomes that happened Um, when the county declared racism as a public health crisis, uh, including the uh, creation of of a group called the Citizens Advisory Council on Equity. Um, And there are other um, things, uh, other um, departments and and positions that were created as well. And so um, looking at the internal kind of functions of of the county in terms of um, uh, what can be addressed and then also um, external facing as well. In fact, they put together a report um, that uh, that is up on the county's website that examines um, some of their findings. So, again, th- this is one of the things where there may be things that are that are going on and and policies that may be created um, that maybe indicate the racial disparities that are out there. And it's it's what role can we play as as advocates in helping to raise awareness about those? Right. Things.
0: So does a public health crisis declaration allocate more money?
1: Um, it can take the form of a variety of things, and, and okay. uh, resources is certainly one of them, which is why I encourage people to really follow along with the county budget process, um, because mm-hmm. the county has a two-year biennial uh, budget that um, the process takes place in the fall and then uh, starts uh, on January 1 for the next two years. And so that is where, from a financial standpoint, a lot of decisions are made that um, address Uh, you know racial disparities that might be out there Um, uh, the county office of reentry for example you know that is something that the county has um, really prioritized and and um, has done a lot of great work in, in over the past few years. Also, the Fatherhood Initiative um, is, is another uh, thing that is really... What's the Fatherhood good. Initiative? Um, that is a, a department within the county that, in fact, they just had their conference a couple of weeks ago uh, that helps, seeks to raise awareness about uh, issues faced by fathers, what mm. resources might be needed uh, to um, support fathers. Uh, and uh, for people who are new to fatherhood or maybe people who are fathers and might be... Uh, you know, experiencing issues or difficulties, what resources might be available to them? So, um, I know the uh, Metro Health just had their uh, minority uh, men's health fair, and the Fatherhood Initiative had uh, a booth there, and so that was really great uh, to see. I have
0: a couple more questions here. First question is What is Senate Bill 83?
1: All right. <laughs> how much time do we have in this pocket <laughs> not, not much more so so better be concise all right, the concise. All right. Uh, so uh, sustainability three is um, a, a piece of legislation that is uh, currently pending in the general assembly um, that would uh, drastically impact um, higher education across the state of ohio and um, it would do a number of things, um, including you know impacting tenure, uh, including uh, the creation of uh, specific uh, schools at specific colleges, um, but then also you know one of the big concerns is how it would impact uh, the experience and support of services on um, college campuses uh, that are specifically devoted towards diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, real
0: quick, yeah, it, sure. It, college campuses in my opinion and I, I'm a political science major um, and I chose to be a political science major and I was lucky enough to go to the University of Hawaii, which is a political philosophy focused political science major. and it is a, it's about the conversations it's about challenging ideas and why would a legislation legislators try to take that conversation out of higher education?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I, I was grateful for, I went to Ohio University, and I really appreciated the opportunity to ask questions myself, but also be questioned in terms of, you know, where I was and um, how I got there, what was mm-hmm. my experience, and what helped to frame my lens for how I viewed the world. Mm-hmm. And um I appreciated the opportunity to listen and to learn from other individuals who had different lenses, and really it challenged me and maybe challenged them, right, in terms of how we approach, um, you know, these issues, and really helped expand my um, expand my vision, I guess, in terms of of how you know the world uh, works, and I really appreciated that dialogue. I don't take that you know lightly and for granted, and so for me, um, as a black man in America. You know what? What are my experiences? What are the things that um, I had to uh, to have happen? Um, conversations that I had to have, you know, just to stay alive and to uh, to help you know me navigate the world. And so, if I could help, you know, kind of share my experiences and hear about supportive services that could help me um, navigate the the waters of, of college in this particular case, I was grateful for that. And I certainly don't want to lose um, that opportunity for people to, to listen, to learn, and also be aware about what resources, support services might be out there. Right. Right. Did you finish with uh, Senate bill 83? I forgot. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, so that, again, it's gone through multiple iterations, but, um, one of the, uh, deliberations that's being had right now is the language being added into the budget bill. And mm-hmm. so that's being deliberated this week. Understood. Understood. Why do you think that there are qualifiable,
0: quantifiable racial disparities that persist? For example, we just went through health. Mm-hmm. We just went through housing. Um, things that we did not go through were like uh, voter hurdles, redistricting, environmental justice, um, because we just, you know, if anybody wants us to go through all of those and do like an hour or two hour podcast, we'll be happy to. But we're just trying to make this concise and for everybody. So re- feel free to email reach out and say let's do this over and let's do this again um but we just listed a lot of these different things
1: you know and i should say that you know when we mentioned disparities and racial disparities um there are disparities among different groups not just black americans mm-hmm. but there's also there are disparities in um the uh, hispanic community as well and and how they experience the um, the COVID pandemic and and other policies as well and so you know disparities can um, Can appear you know in, in multiple different instances? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's various reasons for that some of them is historically based um, things like redlining you still uh, see you know the impact of of redlining you know which happened decades ago, but um, we're talking about access to uh to capital in terms of of wealth creation over time that's something that is definitely an issue um under an investment in communities is also something that is also um you know a big issue and so that's that's something that again like we see for example the the mayor um has talked about investing in the southeast side of, of cleveland and that's something that uh, he felt was something that had been disproportionately you know impacted over time and, and wanted to make sure that his administration um, prioritized that and I think he named a, a position um, that would lead the charge on that effort mm-hmm. so these are these are the types of things that there may be various reasons for you know why things happen but what are the disparities what is the, what does the data tell us and then what role can public policy play and helping to address them.
0: I'm I'm happy I asked the question that way, and I'm happy that you answered it this way, because now we just opened this up, that diversity, equity, and inclusion does not mean just black people. It means how is disparities hitting all communities, and we're talking about maybe white middle aged men as well, as well as black families and um, uh, Hispanic families and so on and so forth within communities, and how do we make sure that we're creating policies that is benefiting every community, is that correct?
1: Yes, and, and I think that's one of the things that um, perhaps is uh, a un, uh, under-discussed aspect of this work, is that this is something that um, impacts society as a whole, right. right? in terms of access to capital or um, uh, discrepancies in life expectancy, is that these uh, issues, the disproportionate nature of them, um, have an impact on the entire, uh, the whole, right? And so it's like if you try and um, close some of those those disparities, that's something that benefits everyone.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you say to the question, why always bring up race? Why does it always have to be about race? <sighs>
1: We have a lot of, a lot of,
0: um, I'm really forcing you to be really concise right now. Huh?
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, there's a lot, it's a very multifaceted conversation in terms of the role that race plays in, uh, in our society. There are a lot of issues that are uniquely faced by individuals going back to the conversations about equity. Um, when we look at, uh, the experiences, I'm, again, I'm speaking as a, as a black man in America, mm-hmm. um, the experiences that we may have may be very different from other individuals. It's not to make it about merit, but it also isn't discounting the unique experiences faced by certain individuals in this country uh, in which the way that we are seen and the way that uh, people may be treated may be different and there's recognition of that difference. And saying, okay, I understand, or I may not understand what your experience is, but I recognize that your experiences might be different from mine. And I'm open to listening to what your experience is in this country. And that for me is is at the heart of this issue, mm. right? It's like, it's not about merit in that case, it's about what are the experiences of others and being open to listening to the lens and experiences of others.
0: Now, I I, I want to ask that question to you. Why bring up race? Why does it always have to be about race? Because that is a criticism. And the reason why I I really want to have that is because once you look into data, once you look into, you know, like we saw this infant mortality rates and so on and so forth, we can start pointing to places where policy needs to be put in place to do X, you know, and so on and so forth across all uh, of of Cuyahoga County. And so that's a very good point. I, last question I have for you, um, Will, I want to say thank you very much for coming on, having um, this discussion. Uh, Allow me to annoy you with uh, time restraint and hard questions that deserve much more conversation than we're allowed to give it right now. Um, if somebody's listening to this and or watching this right now, what do you want them to do to help out your cause, number one? And number two, after you're done with this um, position with the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, what do you want to look back and see that you
1: accomplished? Well, one thing one thing that I definitely want is uh, recognition that it's not about me. Um, that in this particular position, it's awareness of people and the disparities that are out there. Um, you know, we look at numbers and going back to the very first part of our conversation was about what does the data tell us and how can you use that as a measurement over time? But the numbers are not just the numbers. They're people's lives. Mm. And that, for me, is what I want the biggest takeaway from this to be is that whatever we do, whatever it looks like, that it leads to an improvement in people's lives, full stop, Mm -hmm. whether that's in the short term or in the long term. You may see some of the successes that that we want to see in terms of, you know, outcomes and representation. Um, but there may be things that take place that we may not necessarily see. There may be seeds that are planted that we won't see what the tree looks like until decades from now. Mm-hmm. But knowing that if even there is a small part to play in helping to positively help people and to change their lives, then I will consider that to be a success.
0: And the first part of that question, what would you want somebody that watching this or listening to this to do to help you achieve that goal?
1: In the longer term, um, there's going to be uh, things that that happen from a strategic planning standpoint that I would encourage people to stay tuned, um, because there's going to be things that um, I think as a result of the survey, as a result of conversations with people in the community are going to help uh, kind of inform what that direction looks like. I think stay tuned is
0: a good call to action.
1: No, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, as I said, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of issues that are out there. As you saw, you know, in our in our conversation today, there's no shortage of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I I want to to you know temper expectations. Like you're not going to tackle all this at once. Right. You're not going to tackle all overnight. Right. This stuff has taken years and decades, uh, and sometimes centuries. Uh, you know, over time. Um, but it's a collective recognition that things, the status quo is not acceptable and things need to change and things need to get better and to encourage one another that um, this is something that we can do. Well,
0: I'm sitting with Will Tarter, the director of racial equity for the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party. I want to say thank you very much again for uh, driving down here, spending some time with me, talking about this, uh, getting people tuned in and um,
1: good luck with your efforts, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I think that this this conversation is something that is recognition that we all um, can do better and we all will get better and we all will do better. And I appreciate the opportunity to raise awareness about some of the things that are out there, but also the role that we can play in helping to address them. Um, and as I said, I think that that benefits everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And that's and I think collectively kind of understanding what the lens that you view the world and I view the world. And there's some lenses that we might necessarily not understand, right? But that we may be open to listening to what the experience of others. I mean, uh, as two men right here, right, we're not going to understand the experience of right. women right. in, uh, in this County or in, in the world. And so right. what can we do to, um, support, uh, individuals who, uh, we may not understand, um, their their issues, but we can help play a role in helping uh, to elevate their voices. And so that's something that I, I feel would em, um you know, collective e- empathy is something I, I hope that this position I can help do. Thank you for listening to the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party's podcast, Cuyahoga Today. Tune in next week for our latest show and find out all of the latest information that's happening right here in your community. Show your support by going to www.cuydem.com and make a contribution. Do you have any questions about the show? Is there a topic you want us to cover? Or is there someone you want us to interview?
0: If so, you can reach out to me at mdiemer at cuydem.com. That's mdiemer at kydem.com. Thank you again for joining our podcast. Until next week.